0: on the uh, Book Talk segment of the show today. Great to welcome a man who has uh, written a very fascinating book. Uh, we all watch uh, the news in some form or another. And uh, he has written a book called Weighing Anchors. Brian Williams, Diane Sawyer, Scott Pelley, Katie Couric, Anderson Cooper, Wolf Blitzer, uh, about uh, a veteran TV news writer critiques the network's top anchors. We're joined by uh, Mervin Block today from uh, New York City. And uh, Mervin, a uh, pleasure to talk to you. How are you today? Fine, thank you. Had a chance to, to read through the book. Uh, I've always been kind of a, a a news wonk myself, uh, particularly just from you know watching the broadcast. Not always uh, just the content, but I like to see uh, you know the different anchors and, and and what they do, and I've always kind of enjoyed that. Particularly growing up in New York, where you know you're right in the middle of it all, and uh, I, I like what you, you write in the book. I, I, I agree with you. I think the writing has uh, slipped a bit over the years, hasn't it? <laughs> Seems so. Or I wouldn't have a book. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't would, have, you wouldn't have your again. column either, right? <laughs> Just to give a quick background for, for the folks maybe not aware. I mean, you, you wrote, uh, you were a news writer for is it CBS for the for most of your career, Marvin?
1: Well, for some of it anyway. For a good deal of time, you know, I spent at CBS and ABC mm-hmm. and NBC.
0: So you were at all three, the big three. You you, you saw yes, you saw it right. all, right? Any differences uh, from working at, at the three networks uh, uh, between the networks as far as style and and maybe content? Uh, I, I know uh, a lot of people think you know certain networks have a certain point of view. I don't think it's as, it was as much prevalent maybe back in the '60s or '70s or maybe even early '80s as maybe it is now. Uh, would you agree with that, or?
1: Well, I one difference that I recall was that. Uh, the NBC newsroom was carpeted.
0: (laughs) That makes it more comfortable.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's right.
0: How about editorially?
1: Well, I I was never aware of any point of view writing. I mean, no no one would. I I can't imagine that any one of my uh, bosses, and almost everyone was my boss. I can't imagine that any boss would tell a writer, we want this point of view Up high or inserted or whatever. Mm -hmm. We just wrote what at least I can I can the only person I can speak for is myself. Right. I was I was never aware of anything like that going on.
0: Yeah, I think I think back then, you know, in, in where the three networks were the only game in town before cable came along, I think that was it was pretty fair for the most part, newscasts were. I think now with all the cable the channels and, and all that, I think you just hear more about it now. Maybe there is more of a point of view now than before, but but I just wondered if you had noticed it back then while you were working. So so you say it wasn't no, the case. I would have been
1: sensitive to that sort of thing and I would probably have rebelled. <laughs> no, I'm un, I'm unaware of any such approach.
0: Well, let's talk about about the book, Mervyn. I know you, you write a, have written a column over the years. Uh, this is a, a collection of your essays, isn't it? About uh, uh, your commentary on the different uh, anchors and and maybe cri- criticisms of how the news is presented. Uh, first of all, how did you uh, start doing the column? I was. I l- try to listen to
1: the evening news when I'm around, and I had heard. Uh, a string of uh, mistakes in broadcast copy. And uh, so I started, I, I took a clipboard to my uh, easy chair, <laughs> and I'd write whatever I had heard if I heard something that was uh, suspect. and uh, But I never wrote anything on the strength of what I had heard. I, I wanted to check the transcript to make sure that what I thought I heard was indeed in the tra you know, in the transcript. Right. So I began uh, getting these transcripts and uh, double, you know, to double check. And uh, I, I couldn't believe what some, you know, some of the mistakes I heard. I mean. When I say I couldn't believe, I mean, I I don't mean I couldn't believe the stories. I mean, I couldn't believe the kinds of mistakes that were being made and that were not intercepted by a copy editor or by the anchor himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, two of the evening news anchors are also managing editors. Right. Scott Pelley and Bryant Williams are the managing editors of their programs. And uh, Diane Sawyer is, uh, while she might not have a formal title, you know, whatever an anchor uh, delivers on air is uh, something that he accepts or approves. Or else he would kick it back to the writer and say, say, this is wrong. I need to rewrite this.
0: You just kind of, from reading you know, your, your book, Mervin, you, you get the impression that uh, a lot of times, uh, uh, you know, the managing editor, whether they read it through or not, I'm sure they read it ahead of time just to make sure they got, you know, the words and all that. But, oh, yeah. Yes. But, you know, juxtapositions of, you know, verbs and nouns, basic grammar that can really change the meaning of a story. Uh, you point out a lot of those examples, which, which is kind of hard to believe at that level of, of news writing that that can happen. Yes.
1: I mean, I myself make mistakes, but I'm not paid millions of dollars a year.
0: That's right. <laughs> Well, what what it kind of is the, I guess the process may be different now than maybe when you were in. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, correspondents out in the field, you know, feed the stories in. Basically, all the anchor has to do now is, you know, write intros for the most part. Uh, you know, there's not as many head-on one, you know, stories where the, the anchor reads it all the way through anymore. So, there's a lot less writing to be done. You would think they'd get it right more often. Well,
1: I don't, I don't know whether the anchors even write intros. Maybe. Some of them do, some of the time, but all of the evening newscasts have staff writers, and they do some of the writing. But the anchor is responsible for every word uttered on his newscast, and so he should take special care to make sure that what he says is factually and grammatically correct.
0: And when you look at it, obviously. Oh, so if you look at a script for a newscast, it's basically about 20 to 22 minutes in length. Uh, and, and like you say, most of it is the, the reporting from the field. So the actual number of words that the anchor might actually say maybe is a page and a half, maybe two pages, right? So it's not a lot.
1: Well, the, the anchors uh, speak for six to seven minutes. Right. In what's a 22 minute newscast. 22 minutes after deducting time for commercials. And one anchor I write about, David Muir of ABC News, uh, who was sitting in for uh, Diane Sawyer whenever she was off, and he may still sit in for her. In one newscast, he used the word tonight 27 times. (laughs) And correspondence on that same newscast used the word tonight five times and an announcer used it once. So that meant there were 33 tonights in a 22-minute newscast. <laughs> and anchors like to use the word tonight as though that makes the news fresher. Right. Even though sometimes they, they'll say, and I, or sometimes I'll, I should shift that to often. They'll say that something happened tonight, whereas in fact it happened 12 hours earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah. Particularly if it happened in Europe or the Middle East, uh, it could be 12, 18 hours old before it shows up on the next night's newscast. So I, 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 right. I like that when you wrote about that. How about, how about the term which drives me nuts? Every, uh, every station now does this breaking news and, and half of it isn't even worth news at all and, and it's not breaking. Uh, I know that was never oh, really yeah, a big deal not. back in the, you know back in the 70s and 80s, even 90s but now breaking news that's all you see. yes and, and something else developing news Yep.
1: <laughs> and this just in right. And Happening Now. Yeah. That's, that's another one. That's a CNN favorite.
2: Yeah, they like that one. <laughs> happening Now.
1: And in one uh, piece that I wrote about uh, Wolf Blitzer, oh, I called that CNN colon Blitzer Cries
2: Wolf. <laughs>
1: and he had Happening Now and Break...
2: Spring? Is that you? That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code super24.
0: ...news and exclusive. Yeah, exclusive is another one, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Every interview is an exclusive. When you turn the channel, you see the same guy on another channel being interviewed. It's not exclusive. (laughs) Yes. Well, all it means to me is that the reporter
1: or correspondent, as the networks call their reporters, uh, the the reporter... uh, conducted the interview after another network had already interviewed him, or before the next interview was scheduled, something like that, that's
0: what... Yeah, you're the only one talking to him at that time. Yeah, that's... Yes, that's right. No
1: one else was (laughs) present. No other (laughs) reporter was present. And it's pure hype. The top newspapers in the country, uh, one of them is the New York Times, another is the Wall Street Journal, and there are a few others, I think maybe the Washington Post and the L.A. Times, they never use the word exclusive. No. The Times and the Wall Street Journal break some of the biggest stories of the day, and they never call a story exclusive.
0: And to me, if everything's breaking news, then nothing is breaking news. If it it's, yeah, it's just so it's watered just down, big. it doesn't mean anything. But that's just my yeah. personal peeve. <laughs> it's just
1: hype. Yeah. And now, another term that uh, CBS has been exploiting is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Original reporting. Right. <laughs> original reporting. Well, what is original reporting? Repor- reporters go out and dig up some information and blah, 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 you know. Yeah, they, they,
0: didn't, they, didn't, they didn't steal it from somebody else. That's what it means, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and in many cases, if they did steal it, it would be
1: only petty larceny.
0: Right. <laughs> Well, just—we uh, don't have a, a lot of time today, Marvin. Let's give uh, the audience listening maybe an example or two. You, you mentioned already Wolf Blitzer, uh, uh, Scott Pelley, who uh, most recently—I uh, guess the most recent anchor to you know have the, the one of the three nightly chairs. Uh, uh, how would you rate him as uh, as the anchor, taking over from Katie Couric? Seems to be good. That doesn't mean
1: enough. he's flawless, but he's he's. He strikes me as good, and he's been doing—you know—he's been anchoring for only about a year and a half,
0: something like that. Right. I always thought he was a solid uh, journalist when he you know, does obviously the sixty Minutes and. Uh, did the field reporting for for so long, and, and you get the impression? I mean, he's he's fair. I, I think he's fair from what I've seen. I don't I don't get the impression he has a, a point of view that he's trying to put across. So I, I think he kind of fits into that traditional CBS mold that, uh, of course, goes back to Edward R. Morrow and then Cronkite uh, after that. Yes, I agree with you on that. Brian Brian Williams, I guess, is the dean of Anchor's right now, and uh, I know you had a lot of uh, essays in the book about him. Uh, Any particular thoughts about Brian Williams?
1: Well, I really should send him a thank you note for providing me so much material.
0: (laughs) That's why I asked. I figured you had something to say about him.
1: (laughs) Well, one uh, episode that comes to mind is he was anchoring on the day of, uh, of a, uh, an attack in, uh, in uh, Iraq, an attack on Americans. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that it had occurred at sunset. He didn't say where that sunset was in Iraq or in Manhattan. Ordinarily, anchors give the time of where they're in, the place they're broadcasting. Talk about today. Well, he he said uh, sundown the next (laughs) night. He anchored again, and he said the 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 attack that he talked about the first night. He said the attack occurred overnight. This is what he said on the second night. (laughs) The attack occurred overnight. Well, as a matter of fact, Reuters had moved a story. The priest the previous day at 2 p.m. Eastern time, and they said that the attack took place at 10 a.m. that day. <laughs> so on the second night, of the attack the attack had taken place 32 hours earlier <laughs> than on the second night when he said it occurred overnight. So I called that section "The Overnight Life of Brian."
0: <laughs> yeah, I like I like okay. some of the the titles you have for for the different chapters, and uh, and and, 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 I, and I agree with you. I think you know they they, they want to keep a story going. I guess they figure it has legs, but you know they try and you know the the time of it uh, tends to get a little muddled every time they tell it.
1: Yes, and the book documents deceptions distortions, delinquencies. I mean, I I found the material shocking. I mean, shocking that network anchors made these kinds of mistakes and they weren't intercepted by anyone. I agree. I,
0: and you look now, look at all the times where they'll have a live call or something and, the, and they get Either the person is wrong on the air or they get, uh, you know, somebody making a crank call. It seems like the editing process has really uh, fallen by the wayside. Yes, well, that's one, of the,
1: that's one of the big problems as I see it. The networks used to have full-time, dedicated copy editors working on their evening newscasts. And so, for example, I remember on the CBS Evening News with Waller Cronkite, the editor was Ed Bliss, Mm -hmm. who had worked with Merle. He had been a writer and producer for Merle, and he was a real stickler. And your copy had a measure up. I mean, you'd hand your copy after you'd written it to Ed Bliss, and he went over it ultra carefully. He really scrutinized the copy. Well, now the networks, at least ABC and NBC at the last I heard, had no full-time copy editor on the evening news. That when a writer finished a script, he handed it to any uh, producer who was not busy. Well, you know, associate producers don't care to read copy. They they want to produce. So that's the problem. Oh, yeah. uh, eliminating copy editors saves money, but it doesn't save copy.
0: No. Uh, it brings down the quality of of the broadcast. Yes. Well, the name of the book is called Weighing Anchors, a veteran TV news writer critiques the network's top anchors. We've been talking with uh, Mervyn Block today. He also wrote uh, the book Writing Broadcast News. I know you also teach a class uh, in in news writing. Uh, I I guess that's for any news station, any station, radio or TV that uh, brings in, right? You you do that right on site, don't you? Yes,
1: yes. I've never just uh, barged into a station and and insisted on holding a news writing workshop you know and, uh, <laughs> well, they have to
0: ask an, you <laughs> yeah i have to get an invitation first well i know a lot of stations and some are down here in, in our area Marvin. that could use your help <laughs> 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 but uh, this book really gives you a good taste of uh, of a little behind the scenes of, of uh, what goes on the news desks, particularly when it comes to writing, and uh, Mervyn, I, I know the book is uh, is recently out, right? But uh, give the folks uh, a place they can get it, either a website or, or a place they can, uh, they can contact you.
1: Amazon.com, BNN, which is Barnes and Noble.com. Uh, Fine bookstores everywhere have it. So if any bookstore doesn't have it, it's not in my category of fine bookstore.
0: That's right. <laughs> How about, you have a website, Mervin? people uh, want to contact you maybe for getting a class? Yes, MervynBlock.com That's M-E-R-V-I-N-B-L-O-C-K, just to spell out your name right Mervyn uh, I, I could talk about this for hours but uh, hopefully we can have you on again down the road uh, we do a lot of talk about media and our show down here and uh, I'm glad you made the, the book available and we we're able to find you online there to, to have you on today thanks for joining us
1: well thank you